so we're just gonna like make a little semicircle up here because there's not a ton of us today, so we'll it'll be more conversational, you know. If you're hoping to just avoid talking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is Austin. How do you pronounce your last name? Metzkis. Metzkis? Yes. Metz, like a baseball team, kiss like a band. Oh, nice, yeah. Um, so, I, I, I've not been here every time Isaac's been doing this, but I like to, I, I kind of like to lead with just like some questions, just so people, because it's new faces in front of other new faces, I think, so. Um, what like brought you and your wife to Otter Creek? Um, um, so what brought me to Otter Creek was my wife, um, and what brought her to Otter Creek. So years ago, she uh, she was grew up in like the more traditional Church of Christ, mm -hmm. um, and her youth minister actually said, "Hey, you probably like Otter Creek a lot more because she's just a little more, you know, a little more liberal and stuff sure. like that." Um, so yeah, we kind of gave it a try. And we both kind of really liked it. Um, so I've been coming here for about a year now. Um, and so far, I, just, I love everything about Otter Creek. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good church. Um, so what are like some of the what are some of your interests? What do you like to do? Um, I like to go outdoors, go camping, hiking when I get the chance. Um, see, I work in cybersecurity, so I tinker with a lot of tech stuff all the time. Um, video games, of course, too. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, I forgot to uh, you say cybersecurity. Yeah. What What is involved with like cybersecurity? Um, a lot of policies and stuff like that. Okay, um, yeah. So I handle a lot of technical tr controls for like internal security, just like email, other communication tools. Um, identity and access management, um, nice. all that stuff. That's important for my job because mm -hmm. we, we like as a therapist, I have to have a HIPAA secured mm -hmm. uh, email. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming cybersecurity is involved in yep. some of that, right? Yeah, we have to, <laughs> every year we do SOC 2 compliance, HIPAA, PCI, okay. stuff yeah. like that sure. to make sure everything's all good. Well, thank you for that then. Um, so, we will be in the Proverbs 16 today, yes. right? Yeah, Proverbs 16, verses 16 to 32. Um, yeah. So the reason why I picked these verses, so my favorite verse is James 1.19. Um, so then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Um, so my dad just kind of taught me that a lot of like, you know, having patience with people and you know, making sure you say the right words and stuff like that. Um, so that's just always been my favorite verse. It reminds me of him a lot. Um, so that kind of turned me on to verse 32, which is kind of the same verse. Um, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules the spirit than he who takes a city. Um, so then I was just kind of reading the rest of the chapter, and the second part of this whole chapter seemed really interesting. It's, it's kind of like 
all over the place in terms of what it talks about. Um, so I'll go ahead and read through these verses with you all. Um, starting in verse 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who keeps his soul preserve, keeps his way preserves his soul. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He who heeds the word of God wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart will be called prudence, and sweetness of the lips increases learning. Understanding is the wellspring of life to him who has it, but the correction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds learning to his lips. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The person who labors labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. The ungodly man digs up evil and is on his lips like a burning fire. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. A violent man entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He winks his eye to devise perverse things. He purses his lips and breathes about evil. A silver-haired head is a crown of glory, if it is found in the way of righteousness. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules the spirit than he who takes the city. So I feel like you can easily, you know, group these into like four separate sections. Um, So you have verse 16 to 19 that really focuses on, you know, the value of wisdom and humility over the dangers of pride, arrogance, and greed. Um, And then we have, you know, the second section, 20 to 24, um, you know, these verses are about, you know, God's way, the way of goodness, you know, they highlight the value of trusting God and what we get from heeding his word. Um, and then a third section, 25 to 30, which is the way of man. Um, you know, this is a part that seems right by human nature, but in the end leads to destruction. Um, and then 31 and 32 kind of bring it all together, you know, full circle of, you know, how we attain all this, you know. Um, so looking at that first section, um, you know, I think part of the section is wanting us to be self-aware and conscious of our choices, um, you know, especially in, you know, verse 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold. Uh, what are ways that we choose gold over wisdom in our lives? I mean, I'll start with mine. Um, you know, one thing is, you know, I always go out of bed to go to work. You know, I have to have an obligation to do that. But it's been a long time since I got up early to say a prayer or study the Bible by myself. and making sure that they know how to be good friends, how to be good people. And I think that 
that that is the wisdom, like whether it's getting, whether it's having to get the best job or it's the best degree, but like pushing that can sometimes be the goal because that's the gold because that's what is the goal of life. You think, but really some of the wisdom is just getting to know someone and getting to really appreciate who they are for who they are, and not worried about what they can get out of what you can what they can give you. Mm-hmm. It takes unknown. You have to be okay with the unknown a lot of times to get wisdom and understanding. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you stay where you kind of feel feel like you know everything, then you won't. You know, you won't really experience that. But it takes that. I I don't know. Here we go, and that is generally how you gain understanding. It's usually hard. It's usually stuff you don't you didn't want to do, you didn't want to go through, or whatever. But that's generally where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, you'd rather not. Hmm. Yeah. What is difficult about, um, what's difficult about the unknown? That can be for you or just anyone. No control. Right. just yeah. put that right yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like if you, you know, I love, I love uh-huh. control. I think I have it and I don't. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, absolutely unknown uh-huh. because I don't have any even way of pretending like I have control. Mm-hmm. And like, I know for myself, like often if I'm in a situation where I have a lack of control, I, that can be filled with anxiety, Definitely. you know? So it's, it's, it's kind of like the, the that's, what I, that's something I was thinking as well. I agree with that, especially for my job, like, all my job is all about control. We need to control everything, you know, who comes and where, who has access to this and that, uh-huh. and you know, whenever we don't, you know, it's chaotic. You know, we never know what's gonna happen. And, you know, it, it's a very small chance, but you know, we tell our clients even, right, like, and you know this, but like no email is 100% secure. And so like you can do everything you can on the front end, but like there is always the possibility for something to happen that is out of your control, right? So, I don't know. It's interesting that, at least in my version, that last part of 16, to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. And I would never- the ESV? Yeah, RSV. Okay, I'm reading the ESV. So. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting that, at least as, as the words read out here, is the understanding is chosen, like I'm choosing to understand, as opposed to like it being thrust upon you. Because I, I think sometimes taking the moment and taking the time to choose to understand something rather than just going the easy route, that's, you know, because one of the harder things is being patient and being willing to understand rather than just assume. Ritual probably requires humility, right? Like that's what we keep getting back to. Totally. Bummer. <laughs> but it's true. You know, it's like that because then you boil it down. It's like that's what's required. Is that I don't know, and I'm not in control, and that's where you know. Is it? This is something that I just thought of. Like, is it? I don't. To me, it's not frustrating, but I can imagine it might. Like, it, we in this class, we keep coming back to like this idea of like humility, right, of being willing <coughs> to put yourself in the position 
like to have wisdom, right? Is, is it frustrating that it, if that's the same thing week by week, or is it like this is helpful because it's hard? I don't know. This is, that's just something I was curious about. It's consistent. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, even for these terms, Joanna was talking about the concept of being out of control. Like in some high-level utopia that you can reach, you find freedom in not being in control. Eventually, mm-hmm. for a brief moment in time, mm-hmm. and then you fall, but but like it, there's there is there is freedom in not being in control. Um, those who are in recovery, like that is that is one of the things that we've really talked a lot about is that recovery is all about choosing that freedom of that. Sometimes it's the freedom of the fact that you can't do something is actually freedom. Yeah, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, yeah. the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? Yeah. That's a recovery prayer. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to transition to the next section, too. Because totally. we're talking about also, like, you know, how do we trust in God? And, you know, in verse 20, it's saying, you know, if you trust in me, you're going to be happy. You know, we always ask ourselves, like, well, why will we be happy just because we're trusting you? Because there's almost like a freedom and giving up that control over to them, or over to God. Um, and what was that section 20 through what? Uh, 20 to 24. 24. I'm kind of titling that the way of God, you know. <laughs> um, you know, verses 23 to 24, and, you know, it's all about our speech. Um, so how can our speech impact our relationships and environments according to these verses? about all this verse 16 to this is um, I have a couple teenagers at my house Mm -hmm. and it would be easy for me to think about how they do things like in 16 you know we have and both of our kids are sweet good kids but there's one of them that I want to be able to drive I want to have the responsibility how long till I can do the thing how long until I can go be my own person and when are you going to let me get on social media when all the things and I just keep trying to say like you have to show responsibility. It's not about, I've checked these five boxes. It's this, you know, gaining this wisdom and understanding. Mm-hmm. This is just so I can look at my life, really. This has nothing to do with my teenagers. This is just about me. And so that's why I don't want to talk about <laughs> these words, because as these conversations happen, I can get blue in the face just saying, just get responsible. Mm-hmm. Show your, well, that's helpful. You know? <laughs> I mean, I think there's so much about for me, not talking, <laughs> mm-hmm. not even just the promoting instruction, but just maybe if they can't be pleasant words, the, the first step is stop that business mm-hmm. and then let that wisdom grow in so that when I'm able to step back and access the wisdom that God's taught me over years and years and years, which is still, I hope, just a drop in the bucket of what I'll have, mm-hmm. maybe I could let something out that is like honeycomb. Yeah. So this makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> do, all, do all your versions have the word persuasiveness? Mm-hmm. That's one thing I noticed is switching between all the different versions. All these verses are very different a lot of times. 
So when it said in verse 21, the wise of heart is called perceptive and pleasant speech increases persuasiveness. What did y'all say increases? increases learning. Promotes instruction. Okay. I like that a whole bit because it's pervasive and maybe that's just a, the way I feel about per, persuasiveness now. It sounds icky. Like I'm going to get you to do something. Almost like manipulative. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the same time, if you have a 16-year-old, here we go, teenagers. And I'm like, hey now, you can be saying the right thing. You can, and the, the words are correct. Uh -huh. um, but it's, but you will get nowhere. Zero. And that's you know, it's like, and he doesn't get that. It's paradigm saying. It's like I know, I know, but but it, it will be lost. It'll be completely lost on your hearer. Um, so yeah, pleasant speech opens the door for you to have good relationship and good relationship with wise people, so that you can, if you say, gain learning or be persuasive, whichever. Yeah. But you're gonna, you know. I think about the persuasiveness because I. Have a couple people in my life and myself as well and one of my kids that I think maybe just the word manipulation I think I think you can use it for good you know we're called to be ambassadors for Christ and so I feel like just being honest about the way that I use my words and how I can um, lean them in a certain way or craft them carefully I think that's worth acknowledging that that's a tool that a lot of people have totally and how do I use that for Christ, you know? And, and in so acknowledging that I, I could easily turn it another way. And so I think that's what I feel like when you said persuasiveness, I think, you know, we're to be ambassadors for Christ and isn't there a persuasive spirit about that? But in acknowledging that I'm a human being and I have something to keep in check. Maybe mold versus manipulate. Like the words can mold something, can mold you into something, or they can also like manipulate sounds mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm the one holding the strings, doing everything, whereas molding is, I'm, I'm helping you create something. So. And Jesus was very persuasive. Totally, yeah. You know, and he, you know, he used, you know, ideas, parables, and, you know, it's like, you know, that was, that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I know it's, yeah, true, we, we can use it for good. And we're talking a lot about, like, you know, we take this advice and try to teach our children or others around us, you know, I think 22 kind of hits on that, you know, but the correction of fools is folly. Not saying that, you know, your children are foolish, but kids in general are foolish. They don't know things that they need time to gain that wisdom. Um, you know, the, my next question that I have written down is um, you know, about giving instructions to fools or receiving instructions from fools. How can we discern the difference of foolish and wise advice? You know, whether we're, we're getting it or whether we're giving it to someone else. That's good. I, my first, my first thought was, oh yeah, how do we tell what if we are receiving, you know, wisdom that is wise or foolish? But then the, to take that a step further and say, are, is the wisdom that you are giving is it wise or is it foolish as well? Like, how do you discern that even for yourself? I think that's a good, mm -hmm. just like extender of the question. That's not really an answer. I just, it's a good question. But I, I think to some degree. For me, if it goes back to humility, if I'm real, if I'm humble enough to realize that I may be the fool, it does give me more pause to think about what I'm saying. To know, it's, it's more about the acknowledgement. Like I could, I could, this could be something I'm saying out of fullness, foolishness. And so, 
it's good to at least have that concept to, to realize that you could be the fool in the story as opposed to the one giving the advice. My, my gut response is, what is their fruit? What fruit are they, they bearing? Yeah, I heard two things in that, right? Uh, humility with myself, to get honesty with myself, and then, you know, this person, you know, what is the fruit that they produce, and how does that, in, like, influence the message that they're sending? Yeah, those are great. What else? How do y'all discern wisdom from folly? I mean, even getting it, you know, I mean, you can be self-aware and think, okay, I've had this experience. I know the right way to deal with this. You know, let me teach this to them, and I know my advice is good for them. You know, but I mean, receiving it, you know, you're 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 trusting the person who's telling it to you. You know, mm-hmm. and even for me, my personality, and I've learned this over the course of my life, is that I will take whatever someone says, and if, they, if they've been asked to speak, then they must know what they're talking about, and so therefore they must be speaking the truth 100%. And, and I've had to learn over time to give myself time to really think about what they're saying, to know if I agree with that, to know if it's true for me. And it's that you know, kind of sifting through of what's good and what's bad, and so, for me, part of knowing what is foolish and what is not foolish is knowing what's true for me. And that sounds very individualistic, but I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's healthy because a lot of times I will take what someone says, and if I don't know if it's true for me, but I try to relate that to someone else, then I then become the fool. Like I'm mm-hmm. just you know, going through a different person. Like fact checking it based on your own experiences. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Experience. For me, I think take it back to scripture. You know, always take it back and say, what did God say? And then I think also ask God. I think how many times have I listened to something and been like, yeah, that sounds good. That feels true. And then I go, but I need to pause and like ask God. And I think that's what we try and teach our kids. It's only mm-hmm. God can tell you who you are. And there are going to be a ton of people who try and tell you who you are or what you're about or what's true. And even, even we will try and do our best, but also we're still humans and unfortunately my words are not always like honeycomb <laughs> mm-hmm. and so what if I say oh you're always like this or you know even your own parents to take that back and say Lord is this for me like what do you have for me and spend some time on that I think is valuable mm-hmm. yeah. um, and then moving on well I was, I was just going to say the last thing I was thinking is you know have like mentors um, or people from like the like the community that like believe and are pursuing like similar like goals as you right so like I think of like you know people at Otter Creek for me who I can go to and and they I know they'll give me wise advice you know stuff like that so it's like even the community that you're around um, kind of checking that within the church as well and moving on to the third section, 25 to 30, um, you know, the first verse says, you know, there is a way that seems right to man, but its way is death. Um, you know, this is the 
path that seems natural to us as humans. <coughs> but how, how can we discern the right path in life, especially when our judgment is cloudy? This is, I don't want to talk too long, but something I was thinking is like, no one, like in my day to day, like as I'm working and I see clients who come in, no one typically is, is living out of unhealth. I mean, they're not wanting to be where they are, but they don't know how to do anything differently, right? And I, like I have a bunch of couples that like I will help work through issues with and they are doing the best that they know how to do, but they just can't like, it, eventually it's ending in like decline or like if, if you're operating out of anxiety, you know, it, you're being, you're trying to operate out of like a self-preservation and yet you actually might end up perpetuating the problem, right? So it's like, so a lot of times if we are doing the things that we think are going to lead to life, sometimes they actually end up kind of perpetuating the same problems, which I think to me, that's where like, you, it, how do you know? To me, it, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with like being in community, like going to people, asking how they've lived life. What are, what is your experience with this? You know, maybe going to like spiritual direction or therapy, just things like that, that I'm thinking about. Um, Cause no one, yeah. I don't, no one that walks into my room is ever like, I, we wanted to be in this place where our marriage is at the end of its wits, you know, <laughs> but it's, um, but often they're doing the best that they know how to do, not the right tools, I don't know. In this section, if you just ignore verse 26 for a second, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you're saying there's a way that ends in death. And 27 goes on to, you know, digging up evil, you know, lying, sowing up strife, and telling secrets to people, and, you know, enticing your neighbor through awful things. Um, all these things are terrible. Then you look at 26. The person who labors, labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. It, it almost seems a little out of place here, because it gets you thinking, you know, is it wrong to work to feed yourself, to feed your family? You know, I, I just feel like it's a lot of place here. Why do you all think that this verse might be here? Yeah, it stood out to me too. My mm -hmm. verse reads, my version reads a little bit different than mm -hmm. he works for himself. The laborer's appetite works for him. His hunger drives him on. Which kind of puts even more, that, that seems like a positive spin almost. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a uh, motivating factor puts it even more out of place with your grouping of these. Yeah. Um, I don't know, that's not an answer of why do I think it's here, but it's interesting. it reads a little yeah. different. Mm -hmm. 
kind of think it might have something to do with greed. You know, yeah. your hungry mouth drives them on. Almost thinking maybe they, that this writer, they don't mean to think, okay, you're working to satisfy yourself and to meet your needs, but your greed is driving you on, possibly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could be wrong about that. I, I don't know, but it, it's interesting to think about where, you know, maybe is it meeting your needs or is it going over what you really need? Or is it the, is it the singular yeah. primary moti motivating factor that you mm -hmm. have is this get, get, get for me, yeah. take care of me. I could fit in a, the way that it seems right to man. Because mm -hmm. the, right, the verse right before that is, it, that seems right that I should be able to work for, to feed myself. That mm -hmm. seems really normal. But yeah. if that's the, that's the foundation of uh, my character, then I'm always going to be skewed in a selfish direction. It's possible that when there, like I think it, I think it is okay for us to those who are hungry to hungry to work for their food. However, I think it's a flip of the coin a little bit to say that. Um, because of my hunger, I'm going to work. Like it, it's, I think it does go to greed a little bit of that, you know, are you satiated, are you full? And then you continue on working so that, you know, you continue to, to just, because it, the second part of that is their hunger urges them on, mm -hmm. which is like in some of the translations I'm flipping back and forth of, there's a difference between appetite and hunger. Right. And, and I just think that's an interesting, because like the appetite works for them, but the hunger, like we think of hunger in terms of like like a physical need, a physical yeah. need. But I'm wondering if yeah, I don't know. It's just this. I I think I agree with this on a greed level. It's just one of those harder to under harder to see, mainly because it's food. Like food is one of those things that um, we all need. Like we all have a need for, and we can't just live without. Like it's not something you can just give up. Almost like when your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Yeah. You know, your your greed's bigger than you need. Mm -hmm. So interesting. I mean, it's a good question. And the, yeah, what's the distinction between working for your needs versus, like, working out of ambition, you know, or working, I don't know, that's just... I kind of think it's when you hit that point where it reads into 27 to 30, you know, when your, your greed starts controlling your actions, you know, you start, you know, being the un ungodly man that digs up evil. You know, you wink your eye to devise perverse things and purse your lips and bring about evil. Um, I mean, I think it's easy to think about those words and think, oh, well, I don't do those awful things, you know, but, you know, you could just be thinking, oh, I need to get this one thing to accomplish this, or I need to do this for my job, and then you lie, you tell a secret to somebody, you do whatever, and you might not think, oh, I'm an evil person, because 27 or 30 has really strong language in it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to think, oh, I'm just, I'm only kind of there, I'm not really all the way there. Um, 
back at verse 19 in, in relation to 26 that we're looking at. It's better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. There's a, there's a place where that hunger should be secondary. There's, a, there's something more important than the accumulation of mm-hmm. more. And uh, moving on to the text section, the last, those last two verses. Yeah. So I noticed there's one word in here that makes it a lot different compared to some other versions. Um, especially if you have, I think, ESV, American Standard Version, or NIV, it'll read differently. So I'm going to read the New King James Version. The silver-haired head is a crown of glory if it is found in the way of righteousness. That, that if makes a big difference mm-hmm. in a lot of those verses. Um, you know, being that, you know, there's a big old if right there, how does that change our view of this? You know, we think that we are supposed to trust, you know, the older people in the community. <laughs> you know? But here you're saying, you know, if it's found in the way of righteousness, um, you know, how, how does this change our perspective on things? This is somewhat silly, but like I started growing being gray when I first moved here because of stress, and that was not righteous life. Like I mean, it, it just I mean so. If, if, the, if it is translated as if, I was having gray hair, but that was not because it was a righteous life, it was because of stress. So it could just be as simple as that, but is it righteous or is it because of life? But it's, like, it's working through that stress and getting to where you are now. Like, does that convey a certain like righteousness in that like perseverance? That makes sense. I can say that now, but at the time, right? Oh yeah, at the time, no. Yeah. yeah. I think it also means like longevity in the way of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like the longer you're at it, mm-hmm. the better. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah. And, and the if, right? I mean, you can you can be at it a long time, but if you're not in the way of righteous, mm-hmm. then it's just gonna. You know, you might just end up being yeah. unhappy. But basically, saying you know, you're if you're in this way, the longer you're in it, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and we see that, and we, you know, there are some older people that, yeah, they've been, they've been at kingdom living a really long time, and they just, like, it just emanates from them, you know, and they just seem to know, they just seem to be able to distill life down, you know, and so, yeah, we've all seen people like that, but we also have seen people with gray hair who, you know, it's the opposite, so... It's just a matter of kind of like the longer, the longer you give wisdom and righteousness, the better it is. Yeah. Do you feel like as you get older that there's more responsibility to live righteously when you're giving advice? Ask that one more time. As you get older, do you feel like there's more of a responsibility to live righteously in order to give advice?
life well lived in that in that way makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Right, because it's to give. Yeah, that to be able to give. Understanding. But I don't. I don't think that it's a. It's a increase in responsibility mm-hmm. based on age. But track record, yes, right. You know, when you say I did this, yeah. and now look how you know I did. I wasn't sure. I didn't know, but I can <coughs> tell you. You know, do this or don't do this, and this is you know, so that that speaks for sure. I think about this too. With one of your earlier questions was, how do you discern whether you're getting mm-hmm. righteous or good advice, wisdom? Whether you, yeah, someone's giving you, and I was thinking to myself that I look, I, I look about what their motivation is and how long have they been doing it? Because someone who's Someone who's got a, a five-year-old and is giving parenting advice is going to sound different than someone who has lived a life with their kids and, and maybe even grandkids. I'm going to hear that differently. And so here's where gray hair maybe has something to say. And I, oh, okay. I was. This is kind of a, just a shift, but I, I wonder. I. I'm hearing like a tra- of confliction in the translators here because like there's I think part of the wisdom tradition says if you live a long life you are probably doing the things that like are wise <coughs> like you are probably involved in things that lead you to flourishing right like I think that's kind of what Proverbs says a lot um, um, and, and then you have like, and so you have like maybe some translators who read it and it's like, okay, I think maybe they're going for, um, right? Like if you follow the law, then God will, you know, God will bless you. If you are doing, you know, then you will be live long. Kind of some of the things that you hear in Deuteronomy and in other parts. And then you have like the Ecclesiastes voice who's like, but that's not true for everyone, right? And so then you have if you live a righteous life, right? And so it's like, it's like there, I, th- I think there's even a confliction in like the theology of aging and of righteousness in, in that verse that mm-hmm. people are like trying to decide, well, what does this mean? You know, are they trying to say like, if you, if you are old, then this? Or are they saying like, if you get to the age and you've lived wisely, then you get your crown. I don't know. I'm like, or do you just get the crown by being old? I don't know. That's yeah. kind of something that I was... I'm thinking of is probably at some of the confliction of the yeah. if part, yeah. but I don't know that for sure. I do think it's good for us to at least acknowledge that this was written in a different time when people were not living as long. And so it's very possible that gray hair was not as ubiquitous as it is now. Like, and so it's like, mm-hmm. it's, and not to get so stuck up on the color of hair, but, but I think that there is a wisdom to realize that this scripture was written at a time when people probably, if they did survive and they did have live a good life, it probably was much rarer to see the gray hair than it was mm-hmm. young. And it's also a juxtaposition between the old and the young. So. Sure. Yeah. And back then, they probably had more wealth too to yeah. afford better things to eat, better medicine, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So if they were older, they probably didn't get it through righteous means. I take it. With, with the idea of that kind of conflict of how do I translate or confusion about it, I take that verse about the gray hair just to be that I 
a life well lived is its own reward. It's yeah. totally. Yeah. Yes. It's not. It's not the other measures of success mm -hmm. that I should be looking at. It's just a righteous, a righteous life that I've been in a consistent walk with God. I think that's kind of part of why you know, 31 through 32 kind of tie this whole thing together. It's because it creates a lot of conflict in what you think is right and wrong. Um, I mean, between you know, 20 and 24, this is what's right. 25 to 30, this is what's wrong. There's so much conflict in you know, what you think and what really is. Um, I mean, even in 32, I think it sums it all up really well. You know, he who slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules the spirit, then he who takes the city. Um, all these things take an incredible amount of discipline and self-restraint in order to achieve them. I mean, you know, trust in God. You have to help yourself down to be the lowly and to, you know, pick up the wealth and being and dividing those spoils, um, and you know, seasoning your words with salt and making your words pleasant like honeycomb. That's all really hard to do. No, no, I definitely don't have that kind of discipline. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of this on the proverb, at least, can be summed in this way. Um, if you're not set in the ways of what God and Jesus want you to be, it's a lot easier to fall into obviously pride, valuing work over people, whatever else is considered a big trap mm -hmm. in our culture, but probably also for theirs. Yeah, uh, yeah. just as much. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, do you have any? No, that's all I had. Um, so unless anyone else has anything else. I'm not sure how much time we have left or not because I see people running outside. We're a pretty, we're at time pretty much, so we can. Would you mind praying and then yeah. we can head out? Dear Lord, we thank you for all the blessings you give to us each and every day. Please grant us the strength and discipline to fully trust in you and give everything over to you. Please also give us the patience to say the right, right words and the wisdom to make sure that everything comes out of our mouth is pleasant as honeycomb. Give us the discipline to humble ourselves and not be driven on by an appetite that leads to greed and all these negative things, but also lets us live within our means and be with the lowly as you teach us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Austin.